Physique University, your source for all things physique enhancement. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Elite Physique University. I'm John Gorman, your host. we got Jason Theobald in the house. It's on a Thursday. Jason, what's going on, man? How's your Thursday? Uh, it's a busy one, but uh, that's good. I've had a lot of people uh, sign up this week. Uh, you know, I think they're thinking it's a good time to work on health. They were mostly like clients who need lab work and um, are going to have to pull back on training anyway. So I think they kind of were like, ah, oh, this is a good time. So I've been swamped, which is good, but it was a busy Thursday for me. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I'm getting quite a few client applications as well. I've got two people that have come on board. Um, I have had a lot of people that have applied probably 60 or 70% that see my prices and they're like, ah, you know what? I just can't do it at this time. And I get that with all this stuff hitting and you know, I'm not super expensive, but I'm, I'm priced pretty good. Um, but I get it. So we're down just a little bit. I, I mean, I've still had a good month. Don't, don't get me wrong, but it is just a little bit slower than normal. And, and I get that. So, um, how are your clients doing, man? Have you had anybody had to pull out of prep? I've had two people that oh, just yeah. had to pull out because their fucking shows were getting moved and like just mentally couldn't do it. And I try and talk them out of it. I'm like, listen, like this is where champions step up. Yeah. But you know, some people, they just, they just had to like, they had to pull it or, yeah. you know, in a lot of cases we just move it. And I'm like, you know what? Perfect opportunity for us to get ready early. Let's be ready early and 100%. I'll feed you yeah. into the show, yeah. get your cardio out like this. You can look at this in a number of different ways, but I look at it as an advantage because I tell my yes. clients, those people that you step on stage with, those are the ones who are eating. Those are the ones that are slacking off. They're the ones fucking around. This is where you're going to kick their ass. Like this is an advantage. 100%. I've uh, said the same thing. I've also said, if you're going after your pro card, the, the, the fields are probably going to be thinner, right? At least at first at junior USA and junior NAS, because most people couldn't hold themselves together mentally. So, you know, the field's probably not going to be as deep. So I'm telling people, look, let's make it work. Let's show up in freaking great shape. And, uh, you know, it might be a little bit um, less cumbersome to get that card, you know. So I'm telling people to push on. But, yeah, I've had some people just say, ah, oh, it's not worth it to me. And I, and that's fine, you know. So You know what? That's a great point, man. I, I didn't think about it. Most of my clients are doing natty shows either, you know, in the IPE as, as a pro yeah. or, the, or the NAMBF. Um, and all their stuff's getting rescheduled. So I just told them, I'm like, listen, this is, we're just going to get you peeled and I want you to make everybody look fucking fat. Like that's the goal. So I, I see a lot of people going to come in soft because they're just stressed out, not training the way they should. So um, we'll see, man. Um, so what's any, anything new for you this week? I, I can talk about mine real quick. You know, with, I typically live, have, you know, enough money stored back to live for two or three years just in case, because I'm yep. just a, I'm a fucking money hoarder. Um, yeah, so today as, as you and I were talking before, like, hold on, let me do this. Cause I'm going to need, uh, I'm going to need this monster because I just came back from the car dealership and while, you know, money's tight, I had to shut my gym down. It's still a buyer's market. And you know, the dealership here in town, had to shut down for 30 days. And I knew that going in yesterday. So I went and I, I really worked up a good deal. I traded in my wrapped charger. I love that car. I lived out of it for about three to four years, but it was a buyer's market, man. I was able to save $3,500. Basically they called me today and they said, what do we have to do to make this work? And I got to lower everything down, pay the sales tax, the whole nine yards. And I got a really, really good deal on a Toyota that's going to be wrapped. So that was kind of, that was kind of my day, uh, you know, on top of, a shit ton of emails and stuff like that. So if, if you're somebody that has some money sitting around and, and either you're going to invest and I know you do that, I like yes. to, I look like to look at opportunities to save money 
when you spend as well. So I, right now buying a car is probably not a bad idea if you've got enough money no. and you're not worried about it. Yeah, not a bad idea at all. I mean, like you said, they're they already shut down. So if they can, if they can get a sale, they're going to get a sale. <laughs> yeah, and I hate that for them. I mean, I really do. But at the same time, like I'm, I'm going to save that fucking thirty five hundred bucks. No, so I would, I would have bought a car regardless with them. It was just perfect timing, and I always do that. You know, we bought Leslie a new car because hers was getting pretty high mileage, and I did it on Christmas Eve because I knew that I knew they need to sell those cars before twenty twenty. They weren't going to be open for a couple of days. And I went in like with four hours to go on Christmas Eve because they were <laughs> yeah. open. Dude saved like 2,500 bucks, man. So it's just, it's just a way to be smart. But I know people don't want to hear about a bunch of finances and shit on the show. What's, uh, what's something new that you learned this week? Well, uh, this one is kind of controversial and by no means am I telling people to pick up a, another habit. But um, from time to time, I, I enjoy uh, vaping THC and I had actually stopped. Um, I had got an upper, upper respiratory infection, so I stopped. And then this COVID thing hit, and you know, I knew that doing that, you know, could potentially put you in a more—I don't know—I guess prone position to get it. Um, from even though you know vaping is supposed to be less inflammation, it's still going to cause it. So, anyways. I kind of noticed that my conditioning wasn't quite as good when I was taking like just some of my own self pictures for myself that I compare. I mean, it's not bad, but, but I'm eating the same. I'm doing all the same stuff and I'm just noticing it wasn't quite as good. And so I started thinking about all the things that I've changed and one of them was cutting that out. So I dig in last night and I do some research and sure as shit, THC, there's studies showing that it, it increases insulin sensitivity by 16%. And will lower insulin output by seventeen percent. So that's those are pretty significant numbers. It's wow. not like two or three percent. So you know, and I was doing it pre-workout um, when I had my biggest carb meal because I know a lot of people are like, "What the hell?" You know, but it doesn't make THC. There's plenty of different THCs. There's sativa, which actually will give you energy, uh, make your heart rate speed up. It can get you can get into a zone and really you'll get. It's the best pump of your life, honestly. It really is. Uh, there's no better pump. I, I could throw away citrulline. I could throw away. I mean, it's right up there with insulin. And um, but anyways, so and then I was doing it at night, like after a big meal, and I just cut all that out. And um, I noticed that my condition was just fading. And I found those studies, and uh, I thought that was really interesting. Um, again, not telling someone to fix their insulin sensitivity that way, but if you already do it. Um, maybe try doing it pre-workout three or four puffs, maybe try doing it after or before bigger meals, just kind of see what you see on a consistent basis. Um, but yeah, I was, I was, I was interested to find that and it backed up what I've been seeing and trying to figure out why am I just feeling a little bit more watery? Why am I feeling just a little softer? And, uh, that, that's probably it. So Dude, I'm just a, sharing I'm, it. yeah, I'm a numbers guy. So you like, like if it improved by say 16 to 20% or whatever that range was, if someone's blood sugar is consistently a hundred in the morning, you improve it by 16%, 20%. Now you're down in the eighties. Yep. 100%. So like that's, that's not a small number. That's, no. that's pretty interesting. So it's a pretty uh, impactful number. And then on top of that, I started using our Metapure again, just because of immunity, it'll improve your immune system. And that was, I was feeling hypo on that. And, um, I, I talked to my buddy, Jeff Black, and he noticed the same thing on it. So I'm thinking, uh, our Metapure lowers insulin or improves insulin sensitivity too. So just two mm -hmm. little nuggets that I had this week to pass along. 
Yeah, that'd be kind of cool for you you guys to like test that with a few people and have them yep. not change anything else. Just just check their blood sugar for three or four weeks while they're yep. using that. That'd yep. be kind of cool, you know? Yeah, I know um, it would show it going down. Yeah. I think part of it's because it relieves inflammation. It, it, right. it gets toxins out of the body. I mean, it does a lot of damn good shit. But yeah, it was, it was interesting to see that, that I was going hypo. And I was like, what the hell's going on? And after talking with a few people, I, I figured that was out. That was Metapure. So. Very interesting, man. Well, let's go ahead and get to our topic today. And this is kind of a fun one. Um, there's so many different avenues that we can, this can lead into, th this talk can actually lead into refeeds. It can lead into deloads. It can lead into cortisol resets, which yeah. you and I are going to do a complete episode on. Um, you've been talking about that a lot lately. Yeah. Um, so, But we're going to try and channel this and, and keep it kind of narrow and then branch off of it to some other discussions on other episodes. We're going to yes. talk about diet breaks today. And Jason, I'll just go ahead and start off and, and I'll just kind of lay the lay the lay of the land and tell, yeah. tell people what I've been seeing. And then, then you add to that and we'll just kind of lay this out. So diet breaks are interesting because this is what most people, if you say diet breaks, this is what they've been seeing on social media or been seeing online for the last, I'd say, five years. You see a lot of, of people talking about giving their clients a diet break or a break from dieting to where they go back and eat to quote unquote maintenance for two weeks. They pull back on cardio um, and they just eat more and they give their body a, a break, so to speak. And then the next thing you know, they go back to dieting. And there's been research out there, a lot of good research actually, showing that when you do this, it, their metabolism speeds up, their cortisol lowers, like they get a nice break. Mentally, they get a break because they get to eat. And then you go back to dieting and their body responds again. And, you know, what we see is now everybody's starting to embrace that. And now everybody was starting to do diet breaks with their clients. And um, it was kind of one of those things. It's like, if you're not doing a diet break, you're fucking wrong. You know how it is. Like, yeah. You know yes. what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Is that what you started to see online around five years ago? And, and is that what, you know, what'd you think? Yeah, I mean, that? you know, I'm not usually one to like give things like sexy terms. Like I've been doing that shit for years and I never called it anything. You know, I'd just be like, oh, it's time for us to, you know, up some calories here. And, you know, here's why we're going to do it, you know, and then everything gets a, a sexy term. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've seen it just get more and more. Um, online and I get it. I mean, like it is something that needs to be done and we're going to discuss tonight, like when, how we use it. Um, but that does seem to be kind of the landscape of what's been going on. Yeah. And, and here's the thing I'm about to punch some coaches in the throat and I don't mean to be a dick when I say this, right? Because I, I've done some shit that's just not right. And I've learned from it, but here's what I think. I think a lot of people are highly misunderstanding exactly what diet breaks are and can be. Um, what I saw, man, is a lot of coaches were planning them just based on the research. And it was a lot of, you know, in natural bodybuilding, we see a lot of evidence-based coaches, which got to be real popular in the 2010s, right? Everybody was a, quoting research and everybody was saying that they're an evidence-based coach. And that's cool, right? Because I, I, read the, I read the research too and apply it. But um, what I saw was a lot of coaches, and this is where people aren't going to be happy, but I just call a spade a spade. A lot of these coaches promoting this their clients weren't fucking shredded when they stepped on stage. And I was seeing a lot of this. And then I started reading about their methods and they were promoting it. Their clients were promoting it. And, you know, they still need loose fucking eight pounds to get on stage. And I'm like, all right, just because you've read it in the research, you're, you're missing the application at some point. You're not understanding 
how the body worked. Were you seeing that happen as well when you kind of were seeing this wave of, of uh, evidence-based coaches promoting it? You know, I don't probably follow as many of them as you do. Um, you know, just being on the NPC side. So I didn't see, you know, as many evidence-based coaches like, like doing that. But I mean, obviously, I definitely saw where it's being misapplied in terms of people missing the mark, you know, whether it was an evidence-based coach or just, you know, run the mill coach or whoever, whatever their title they're referring to themselves. Um, I definitely saw where people weren't pushing basically the client hard enough, you know, and, and, and that probably comes down to taking too many, too many breaks in a prep. Yeah. And you know what, man, I think this is going to be cool because, you know, you brought up the NPC and the IFBB and I just, I think of whenever I think of that, I think of the assistant side, right? Because most, most of the time that's the case. Uh, we're going to talk about that natty versus assisted and why more, why maybe you see more of this on, on my side of the fence. Um, but let's talk about the benefits of a diet break and, and how to know when you need a diet break. So, you know, if you would, Jason, just kind of define what you think a diet break is or what, what a diet break is for you and your clients and talk about kind of the benefits of it. Yeah. So, I mean, here's the thing. I don't use this with every person. Like, it's not planned out in a prep. If we're just talking about preps, it's not something that I plan out. Like, my goal is to support the hormones, set everything up right, have the refeeds done right. And I don't have to take a diet break, even if it's 16 weeks, you know, I keep them refed. I keep everything moving. But when you get to that point where you've got to really work someone hard and their carbs are down to 50 and maybe zero on off days and they're just not progressing and you really don't have much more to pull other than going into keto. And I'm just not a big fan of keto for, for dieting at that point when someone's that pushed down, I don't see it really yielding a whole lot other than, than, than muscle loss in my opinion. Um, so that's a point when I would do a diet break. Now, sometimes, you know, I might take two or three days. I might take a week. It just depends. If someone is not getting ready for a show and we're just dieting off season, then I have more time and I might give them two weeks, but it really just depends for me on how much time I have. I think the true definition, you need at least a week to two weeks, but, and maybe even more four weeks, but I don't always have that time frame, So I have to figure out. And that's where you kind of get into those cortisol resets. That's not really a diet break. So, you know, I, it gets a little wishy-washy for me, but I literally, my goal is not have to use it into the prep. But if I get to that point when things are just stalled out, then that's when I start looking to figure out what I need to do to get cortisol down, to get this client rested, sleeping better. And um, so they can get back to progressing. Yeah, man. And, and you know, you really nailed this on, on right on the nail. I mean, you nailed it perfectly. You said you want to, before this, you're trying to get their hormones set up, their metabolism set up. Like these are all things that, like we've said before, there's levels to coaching, right? So when you get those things set up in a good place and you prime someone's metabolism, you make sure their hormones in a good place before you prep them for a show or a diet in general, you don't have to worry so much because that to me, that is where I see I have to throw a diet break in. And that's normally when someone comes to me and I haven't done their off season, maybe their calories weren't as high as, as they needed, or maybe I brought them on and they've, they've got a little bit more of a dieting history than I thought and their hormones were shit, right? So, you know, we get into the diet and like you said, you've got them down to really low calories, quite a bit of cardio and their body's just not responding to the pulls that's when I've just noticed, hey, I need to go ahead and feed this person a little bit more. I usually drop all the steady state cardio. I get all that shit out. 
depending on how much hit they're doing, I'll drop I'll drop most of that out as well because hit's pretty hard on your CNS. So oh, I usually yeah, I drop the hit for sure. Yeah, I, I usually drop it drop it all, and then um, I'll increase their calories a little bit. It may not be a lot, you know. For a female, I might I might increase them twenty five carbs a day for a week, and then we just watch. But I can tell you right now, if you drop everyone's cardio and you add 25 carbs, no one's going to gain fat. Like they would have to be really fucked up hormonally. But that's generally when I do it. And it's only when I know I don't have any more room. It's almost like, you know how it is, man, when you've got those, it's usually natural females, you've got those clients to where you try and make adjustments and they just get worse. Like they just look worse and they... I mean, I've had women gain. Or if they, I was going to say, if they don't even start gaining, correct. Right. You know, I've dropped, their, I've dropped their calories and added cardio, and they're just like, their cortisol so fucked up that they, <laughs> they literally start slowly gaining. Of course, that's got me thinking, fuck, man, they're eating off the plan or something like that. But, you know, after having a heart-to-heart with some of them, and I believe them, you know, I've done these diet breaks, and they, they actually have worked. And, you know, I've only done a couple for two weeks. Usually a week has been – has been enough for me. Um, is there anything else that, that you want to add to that before we talk about natty versus enhanced? No, I, I well, maybe I'll just add, a, and like I said, for me, I've been really successful just resting them completely, focusing on sleep and dealing with cortisol. I haven't had to do a two week diet break in a prep, like, because I'm keeping my athletes, you know, I'm keeping them with their period, I'm, I'm using certain supplements to, to keep that going. So, I'm not, I don't really have to use, I use these more honestly in off season when I've got people like just my regular Jane who has a really shit metabolism and horrible hormone profile, even though we're trying to fix it. And I've been dieting her for 10 weeks just because she wants to look halfway decent and her body stalled. I, I might reverse her for four weeks. And to me, that's when I really am like, this is a diet break. But like during the show, I'm, I'm maybe taking two or three days. Like you've seen me do it, Leslie and some of my other women and just sure. kind of dropping everything, hitting them real hard with some cortisol products and just getting that down real quick and then getting back to it. And it works pretty good for me because I keep most of my women's hormones rolling pretty well. Um, so I, I don't do like long diet breaks and prep. I just generally don't have the time. Like most people that come to me, we, we got 16 weeks or less to get, get ready for prep. It's a little bit more of how things roll on, on the NPC side. No one's going to, be like, oh, sure, I'll die at 28 weeks of my life. It's just not happening right. over on the NPC side. So, so, so if that's the case, you have more time to do these week and two week diet breaks. I just don't use them that way in prep um, for me. Yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of our, I think maybe our take home message, yeah, if, yeah. if you would agree, is like we only use them when we have to. And you know what, man, before, you know, I haven't done it, I haven't done a diet break with anyone this year. Um, the last one I really had to do, I think was early last year. And it was before I was really pushing like your cortisol products, Estracort and Cordy's, uh, because I was with First Form. Um, I just didn't get it. I just didn't understand exactly what they did until, you know, a little later last year. But now, dude, if, if I combine relaxed liposomal with some cordies and some fucking sleep, like, dude, I haven't had to go the diet break route because I'm maximizing right. their sleep and their cortisol. Exactly. And, dude, I'm just, I mean, I'm just pushing that shit like crazy to my clients because it's fucking working. So I'm not having and to that, worry about and it. Now so. you're seeing why I don't have a week or two week diet break and prep. It's two or three days of nothing and then adding those products and I've got a response again. You see what I, so you get sure. it. Like that's why I right. don't have 
to do a, a two week because I'm getting cortisol down much faster than just using no products and kind of waiting. Um, plus we're just pull, you pull everything and make them sleep more. And I mean, it just, it, everything kind of hits the body and works really well. Right. Let, let's go ahead and talk about Natty versus Enhanced because yeah. like I said, we're both going to be able to chime in from both sides of this. Obviously you have, you have Natty clients. I have some yeah. assistant, but you've got a lot of assistant. I've got a lot of Natty. Um, this is a big difference here, man, because when someone's using testosterone, namely testosterone, cortisol is suppressed. I mean, you guys can go back and listen to episode two, our deep dive on cortisol. Um, it really, really is suppressed. To me, I don't see a lot of assisted people needing the kind of break because they're just not going to get overreached. I guess overreached is kind of what I want to talk about. Being overreached is when you get to that point to where they think it, people think it's overtraining, but your CNS is beat up, your cortisol's through the roof, your sleep shit, you're not making progress. And that's way more prevalent in a natural person versus enhanced. Yes. Do you agree? 100% agree. So let's, let's talk about that, man. Um, I mean, it's just something if, I mean, we just don't have to worry about it as much with enhanced people. I mean, is that why you, you, you're seeing also not just the good products and the approach that you take, but if there's another coach out there, right, that has a lot of assisted athletes and they're not you, um, they're probably not going to have to worry about this as much, right? I don't think so. I don't think they are going to have to worry about it as much. Um, you know, you just kind of hit the nail on the head where you said, you know, uh, testosterone up, uh, cortisol's down. And so you've, you've, you've nipped that in the bud, you know, and um, you're going to be recovering faster anyways, uh, just from a, um, amino turnover. Um, so, I mean, the body just doesn't get into that pounded down state the same. Um, it takes a lot more when, when you're enhanced. Now there are times, like I said, when I do have to do a cortisol reset and it might be two or three days, like we talked about, but yeah, I can't tell you if I ever had to take a week or two week diet break with someone who's enhanced, I just don't think I ever have to be honest with you. No, I never have either. The, the main thing that I've had to, to really drill down in that scenario is just to maximize sleep. Um, mm -hmm. And that's just because normally that's one of the things most people neglect. Like they just, you know what I mean? It's just not going to be that or because of the cars being pulled, they're producing less serotonin or they're on trendalone, right. which is also crashing their, they're crushing their serotonin. And so they're not relaxing at night and they can't sleep. Um, so, you know, there is a carb component there even, but uh, yeah, you know, sleep is, sleep is vital. <laughs> you know, I, I mess with my whoop app a lot and it's, it's vital to really everything we do as physique athletes. And if you're not sleeping in prep, it needs to be remedied ASAP. Right. So we're, we're actually going to lay out, we're going to lay out an example um, here towards the end, but I, I want to talk about a couple other things before we do that, because I do want to give people, if they need a, a diet break or some kind of a reset, I want to at least give them kind of a plan of action because we have a lot of coaches listening there. This is new to them and maybe their clients are kind of fucked up and they're struggling. They don't know what to do. We'll give them some kind of a plan of attack. Um, and I really think we should mention the supplements and it's not just because, you know, I promote new ethics on my end and you own the company. It's because they fucking work guys. So like, we, I think we need to touch on that as well. But before that, Jason, there, there's a couple things that I wanted to talk about. Yep. Um, dude, a lot of people that are, that are, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm trying not to be a dick, but all these evidence-based coaches, right? Like they're promoting these planned diet breaks. Well, listen, just have a fucking refeed every week or just have a high carb day because that's what I've also noticed with my clients. As long as I give them some kind of a day, 
to where they can get their carbs up, refill glycogen stores, boost their metabolism. You know, we just finished that that research on refeeds at, at USF, and it's published. And it's it, by the way, it's online. It's free for everybody to read. We saw that people that dieted without a high carb day, they they lost fat just like people with a high carb day. Fat loss was the same, but muscle loss was way different, right? So you're going to lose muscle without that. So it's one of those things to where to me, and the metabolic rate stayed higher when people did refeed. So fat loss was the same, but having a refeed was just so much better. Well, to me, a refeed is kind of a small diet break every single week, especially I don't have a problem with me taking somebody to maintenance on their, on their refeed day if they're dieting. I'll watch it close, but you know, I, like me personally, I'm, I'm at a pretty good deficit six days a week, and then I'll eat 3,000 calories on Sunday, and I'm still dropping a pound a week. And that 3,000, that's definitely at maintenance, maybe even slightly above for some of I would of say it's people. probably above for you. Yeah, you know? I mean, it I mean, is. It's not like you're doing a ton of walking all day or anything, you know? No. So, I mean, it, it's one of those things, but you know, I wouldn't need a fucking diet break as long as I kept something like that in once a week. I mean, would, would you agree with that? The high carb days kind of help break that long diet up where most people are just on a deficit for, you know, months on end. I think it can for a lot of people. Yes. Um, as you know, I talked to you and we can talk about this later in the show, but there is a subset of I'm finding it more in women that are cortisol dominant. And I'm getting to the point now where, um, I'm going to start almost programming in a deload day every fifth week. Um, and I might not add food. I might just pull all cardio and maybe even pull all training because I can't keep their cortisol down. Every time I get it back in range, it skyrockets once we start training five days a week and they start dieting again. And um, so for those people, I don't think the refeed is going to work because I've been refeeding them. Um, I just don't know how much of a subset of the population this is, but I'm starting to see it a lot on blood work uh, in women who come to me with high cortisol to begin with. But otherwise, I think that refeeding, especially like uh, I think you guys might have played with in your study where you got like two days of more like of a moderate refeed. Um, right. You can, even, you can even throw cordies in a couple times uh, on those days. Um you know, uh, I wouldn't consider it a full reset because I'm not putting calories as high as I normally do on a reset, but you can do that back-to-back -back refeed, hit them with a little bit more cordies and even, you know, pull hits for those two days, et cetera, et cetera. And yes, I think that is going to definitely negate some people's need of, of any diet breaks during, during a prep. Yeah. So if you're a coach out there listening and you're trying to plan, you know, an, a natty client's prep or just a client's prep and you're going to diet them for eight weeks and then do a two week diet break just for the hell of it. What, instead of dieting them eight weeks without a high carb day, just have them do a high carb day every week. You probably won't have to fuck around with that two weeks that you may not make yeah. a lot of progress. They may not need it. No. Is the point. You might not need it. Just breathe the biofeedback. You know, I mean, that's a good coach adjusts to the biofeedback doesn't you know it's like if i give a re it's like if i give a plan during peak week but i'm having my clients send me pictures and i'm seeing them fade but i'm like oh well we already set out the carb amounts um on the peak week document so i'm not i'm not adjusting this well, that doesn't make sense like why would you complete you know pick out a roadmap and then not stray from it based on biofeedback Right. So I don't think you have to program one every eight weeks. You have to kind of learn the client. And like what I was saying was I'm starting to learn with some of my women by watching labs 
that they probably are people that I'm going to have to program a deload and some sort of diet bump every fifth uh, week to prevent their cortisol from rising. But not everyone is like that. So again, that's biofeedback and looking at labs and, and, and doing it. But most likely what I do is I don't do it until I need it. So let's, let's veer off course just for a minute and let's talk about that because we're, we're, for the most part, we're talking about dieting, um, like in a diet period, like for a show or just like a long diet. Well, that's at least that's how I've kind of laid the the lay of the land for us today. But why don't you talk about this subset of women? Is this during dieting that you're talking about or is this during the off season? A lot of these women have came to me with hormonal issues and problems. We started from the get go looking at labs. And okay, they gotcha. present it with high cortisol, okay? So anything over a lot of the labs, 19 is going to be clinically high. Some of it goes up to 21, clinically high. I get them down by flushing the body, pulling training back, um, feeding them up, using cortis, using some ashwagandha, using estracord, all those things. And then I put, I've been putting them back on a traditional five-day-a-week training, traditional you know, hit mixed with list cardio, and I'm finding that after, you know, certain amount of weeks, they're, they're back to high cortisol again. And so it's their body and their genetic makeup when they're trained, like almost trained like a man. Um, it's not working for them. There's got to be a new way of approaching these clients. And so, you know, it's funny. I talked to one of my clients and she works for Vince and she goes, oh, Yeah. Vince mentioned that to me about there's certain women. And so I called him today and I'm like, dude, I'm seeing this in labs. He's like, yep, I've been trying to tell y'all. And he's like, there's, you know, there's people, there's women that just have to be trained different. And you almost have to schedule the deloads and a bit of food increase before that cortisol builds up. And so it was just funny because I really didn't know he was seeing it. I started to see it in labs. I tell my client who works for him and then she's like, oh yeah, he was talking about that the other day. You should talk to him. So it's there and there's certain women more than men, but I have a man right now who's pretty cortisol sensitive and we've had to, we've had to schedule in more breaks for him. And so, um, that, that subset of people, um, I'm finding it probably is going to be every fifth week. I am going to pull cardio. I might pull training and do all restorative yoga. Uh, if they have good metabolisms, I might, I might, up it a bit, but if they have piss poor metabolisms, I might just keep them at what their intake is. But just by pulling back cardio, sleeping better, hitting them with cordies, they're gonna they're gonna reset nicely, and and we're gonna thwart that that spiking of that cortisol where it gets to the point where it's clinically high. So, gotcha. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna go into a complete episode, like I said earlier, on cortisol resets and kind of what's that what that looks like. You know, one more thing I want to add, man. Um, if I've got the time and I like to work with my clients in the off season so I can learn their physique um, and they don't just come to me ready to start prep right now. What I like to do is like a month out of actually starting their prep. I like to pull all their cardio out. I just tell them like, listen, don't do any cardio for four weeks. Nail your macros because think of it kind of as a soft start to prep. Like think of us starting prep now for four weeks, just be anal on your food, but pull all the cardio out and nail your macros and what that does is it gets their body unused to doing cardio that way when we start prep i throw it in well it starts fucking working to burn fat but what they don't understand is it also helps just keep cortisol a little bit lower because prep is going to raise cortisol it just is you're in a deficit so that's one thing i like to try and do and i've noticed whenever i've got someone long enough as long as i kind of prime them that way 
that's been one of those things that really help. And then I'll also ha have them do a deload week, be the week yes. before prep starts. Yes. And that's where they're just going in. I'm like, listen, go in, train whatever the fuck you want, train 20 to 30 reps, just get a pump in and out, have fun. I don't even give a shit what you do in the gym, train three or four days. It just 30 minutes, just get in, have fun. Like don't, you're not going to tax your CNS, just getting a pump. So, um, that really primes them. And then when they start prep, dude, they're ready to roll. They feel good. They're motivated. Cortisol's down. So I just, I wanted to kind of paint that picture for coaches out there that may not think about that stuff. That's a good tip. Very good tip. Let's, uh, let, let's, so I think, man, what we should do is kind of lay out a scenario. Um, let, let's say that somebody, and I'll do this and unless you can think of a better one, maybe we okay. can hit two. So We've got this, we've got this client and we'll just go ahead and say it's a female, right? But this could be a guy and they're, they're all the way down their calories. You know, we've got them down to 1100 calories. They still got 12 pounds to get to stage. So you don't have a lot of room. They're over an hour of cardio a day and they're just not responding to the breaks, right? They're not responding to the added cardio. They're not responding to the, the drops. Um, they're just not making progress, but you still have got 12 fucking pounds to get off yep. to get them to stage. Obviously you can have a discussion with them at that point. Hey, this may not be a good idea to finish or you've got time and you can do some kind of a break. Jason, what are, what are you going to do from a supplement perspective to kind of help this person out because this is kind of, to me, this is one of those keys that we didn't have these three, four, five years ago before new, new ethics. And a lot of people weren't as in tune with the supplements to help. What are you doing from a supplement standpoint first? Yeah. Um, so just supplement wise, uh, I'm definitely going to up, up Cordy's. Um, it's a product that really helps metabolize cortisol. So think of cortisol is building. You're not metabolizing it well. You know, it's you finally get, you can get up to that clinically high on, on labs. Um, you don't have to confirm labs all the time. If you don't want, you know, that based on all the, the, the scenario that John gave cortisol is rising. Um, so I hit them with cortisol and I do two to three caps every four hours, uh, for two to three days. Um, now there's some other things I do, but you said just supplements. So I'm just going to stop right there and say that, but I also will make sure that they're sleeping well. And if sleep has faded, I would bring in relax as well at night, a couple droppers pre bed so that um, they're getting more deep sleep and more REM sleep out of the sleep that they are getting. So those would probably be the two supplements that I bring in personally, um, along with some other things that I would do. Yeah. And you know, be before this supplement, I was having my, my clients take, um, ashwagandha, which was, yeah. you know, back in the, you know, three or four or five years ago, we learned was pretty, pretty good for this kind of thing. And, and Rolora, I know you and I knew about that way back in the day, rhodiola, um, and then even phosphatidylserine was very, very important. I learned about that in kind of 2014, 2015, but what was cool is you took all that stuff and you fucking put it in a product. So it was like, uh, once I saw that, I'm like, dude, it just makes sense. Like my clients are going to be able to get this in one product. So I know it sounds like I'm trying to push the shit out of new ethics, but it's because it works guys. Like, like get that and go on there and take it. So that was kind of one of the things I wanted to point out. It's got all the right products kind of in there in, in it. Um, from a nutritional standpoint and a training standpoint, talk about, because I know, at least to me, they go hand in hand. Yeah, I, I think we're going to do the same thing, but I'm kind of curious to hear what you do and for how long. So are you looking at yeah. a week? Or are you looking for four or five days? Kind of talk about that. 
How, how much does the person weigh? I'm just curious. So say, say she weighs 125 pounds. It's okay. a bikini girl and she needs to get down to, you know, between 110 and 115. Yeah. She's got like okay. 12-ish pounds to go. So no matter where her carbs are, I don't care. Um, I usually, for that size of person, it's going to be 125 protein. It's going to be 220 carbs and 40 fats. And I'm going to say spread that over six meals, um, keep it clean. And I'm going to do that for two or three days. And then training, depending on how bad this is, I might pull it all along with pulling all cardio. Um, that's how I'm going to do it first before I would go into anything more extended in terms of days, because I don't have that kind of time if we're going to make the date. Now I can always say we aren't going to make your date and then extend this, you know, um, to a week or two weeks. Now I wouldn't be putting them on that many carbs every day, but if I'm going to try to just jumpstart this and get cortisol down real quick, that's the macro set I would go for at that, at that size. And I'm going to tell them they have to get to sleep an hour early every night or be in bed an hour early every night. And with no cardio in the morning, they should actually be able to sleep longer too. Right. So you get it on both ends. So there's a sleep component, there's a training, there's a nutrition, and there's a supplement side that I try first in a short abridged um, little break. Yeah, that's outstanding, man. My, mine's just a little bit different. Um, I usually plan on a week. Uh, I think most people just like that because it gives them a, a, you know, a Sunday to Monday type mentality. So I tell them, hey, drop all your, like I said earlier, drop all your cardio out, like fucking zero. I've had clients, you know, doing an hour and 45 minutes that were super stubborn at the end of prep and I fucking dropped it all. And they dropped like three fucking pounds that week because all the cortisol just dropped out of the bottom. Um, but anyway, I always tell them, drop all your cardio out for a week. Um, I'm going to feed them that day. So normally I take whatever their high day is. And um, for guys, I might add 200 carbs. For women, I might add 100 carbs. So if, if her high day was, you know, 150 carbs and, you know, we're down that low, she might eat 250. But I usually just add 100 because they're so depleted at this point. If you add 100 carbs, or like you said, eat 240 carbs back-to-back days, you're not going to store fucking fat because you're yeah. so depleted. Your muscles are just going to soak that up. Um, so I have them, I'd have them do that right away. And then I have them add 25 carbs to their meal plan, their normal meal plan the rest of the week. And I just let their body rest. And that's what it is. I, I tell them don't train to failure the rest of the week. Um, go in there and like maybe a, an eight out of 10 RPE scale to where you, you still got a couple reps left in the tank because you still need to train. And what I've noticed when people do it right, they start dropping that week. They literally will, will either drop down to where I want them. They'll hit a new low. And I try and tell them there's so many things happening, which we'll talk about hormonally, like what's happening here in just a minute. Um, but that's what I do with people. And then at the end of that week, even if they didn't drop, I've had people not drop. I've had people be about the same, maybe gain a pound cause they filled that with glycogen. Um, you know, after that, then I, I go right back to their old diet. I'm like, all right, we're going to go back. I don't throw all the cardio back in because that's a lot. I might start it back on 30 minutes a day. It just depends on the situation. But I go right back to their their deficit numbers and dieting. And they're primed up a little bit. And then we push. And it's, it's worked. You know, I haven't had to do a ton of these, probably a dozen. I would say 80% of the time, it helped me kind of push to get them there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do the same in terms of the end. I put them right back on what we were, but then I'm not too afraid to go lower if I need to right away. 
Um, cause usually I, I get a, I get some sort of response from, I know, I know two or three days seem short, but doing everything that I mentioned, uh, it's worked really well. Um, I know it worked well for Leslie and it's worked well for a lot of my other women. So, um, but if that fails, then I would try something for a longer period, probably a, a week or five days and, and try that, uh, the next week. You know what, man? Let's go ahead and talk about Leslie for a minute. She's in the other room. She probably fucking hear me. She probably came in here and bitch at us both. So whatever. She's in prep. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe people will hear a bitch about it. They probably like it. But no. So with her, her prep's a little bit different. Obviously, you're doing her prep this year. I've been doing it for the last fucking ten. She wanted to learn something new. Um, she wanted to work with you, and I think that's great because now I don't have to do her prep. It's not in the same household, which is kind of hard on people. Yes. Um, but you've, you've done a reset with her once and she's about to do another one. Yes. And what, what I've noticed is, and you guys probably figured this out as well, dude, she trains CrossFit and nothing yeah. is fucking harder on someone's CNS <laughs> yes. than that. Because dude, some of her workouts, they're doing sets of one with deadlifts of like, you know, she's doing 275 pounds the other day. And that's just because she's still doing some CrossFit competition right. within this whole thing. So it's like she trains that way. It's a lot of hit style training. It's yes. very, very hard. So to me, someone like her, obviously you've got your, your hand completely on the pulse of it and you guys are doing another one. Dude, yes. talk about that. Like people just getting crushed when they're doing yeah. lots of that. So, so I, don't think she'll, I don't think she'll mind me explaining that. No, and, she uh, doesn't care, man. It's all yeah, right. So she hit me up and said, you know, I'm not one to complain, but I am – just beat down. Like I, I'm done. Like I can't barely move. And I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. I'm like, all right, well, you know, my bad. Like I've never, usually if someone comes to me and they do CrossFit, I say, if you want to work with me, you're going to have to train the way like a physique athlete, like totally like a physique athlete, like hypertrophy. I'm going to be in charge of the training, but I wanted to work with her and you guys made it work. And I said, we'll make it work. So part of it was me, um, you know, pushing the cardio too hard. And so I said, I'm my bad. Um, let's go ahead and just reset your body. Let's get your cortisol down. And I did, I put her on, uh, it was probably around 135 protein, uh, whatever her, her, her weight was at the time. It was probably 220 to 240 carbs and about 40 fat. And I can't remember if we did three days or two days, but I basically pulled her training, pulled her cardio and did the same thing. Like got to get to bed earlier. Um, I put her on the Cordy's two to three caps every four hours. Um, I don't know if I had to put her on relax. She might already been using it. Yeah, she is. Yeah. So, um, I didn't have to cover that basis, but, and you know, right after where she said, wow, I feel amazing. And what I did was I scaled back her list then for good. Like usually I'd put someone back on where they were, but because of the biofeedback she gave me, I pulled her list way back and she's like, yeah, I think that's going to be a manageable amount. And then she's been fine ever since we hit like she hit 119 today, something, and she's looking right. really good. Like she hasn't lost an ounce of muscle. She's all muscle, right? And, uh, which she needs to be for wellness. Um, so I'm really pleased where we're at. So I thought, well, shit, we got time. We're just going to keep doing these resets and keep you feeling good, so you can train hard. And it's looking like she's going to keep rolling off a pound a week until we're right where we need to be. And then we're going to have to upper food. We're going to transition out of a more of a lower carb fat based diet to a higher carb, lower fat diet for a while and really fill her out and let her train really hard. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. And, um, that was kind of some of the biofeedback that made me say, all right, I need one of these two or three day, you can call it a diet break. I call it a cortisol reset. Maybe you guys won't call it a diet break cause it's not a week. I don't know what your full definition is, but either way 
it was a break in prep with more food and certain proper supplements. No, man. I mean, I think that's perfect. And, it, and it's interesting because, you know, you see someone like her training CrossFit or you see, I see it with a lot of clients that I have that like teach spin, like they have to do that for a living and they're teaching three fucking spin classes a week. It, to me, it kind of all runs together because it's just someone's CNS is so suppressed. And, you know, Leslie and I were talking because last time I prepped her when she won her pro card, I did her prep. It was 2018. She got by without having to do a lot of cardio on my end. But, you know, I thought about that and I thought, well, there's no difference. Like, it doesn't matter if I prep her or you prep her. You know what I mean? Like, she was either over overreached or not. And I think the reason she's, that she got so overreached this time is because she was only doing CrossFit for a short amount of time. Like, whenever, whenever we prepped in 2018. So, it's not now she's doing all these super fucking advanced workouts and doing all these competitions in between. And it, because I thought, I looked back and thought, yeah, but you were training some CrossFit. But dude, she wasn't training CrossFit in 2018 like she is now. So it's like, it's one of those things. I'm like, fuck, man, I'm kind of glad you are doing her prep. (laughs) Because I didn't, you know, I didn't have to sit there and figure that out. So I think we got it. I think we got it unlocked now. I mean, she's yeah, and like I said, she got you guys are crushing it, man. You guys are crushing it. She's so happy. Um, She's not too far off, but it's just no, she's not. It's, it's kind of one of those things, you know, you said, well, how, how do we define this? I don't think we do, man. I think it comes back to the best coaches are the ones that read the biofeedback. They're the ones that adjust on the fly because that's how you learn, guys. If, if you're out and girls out there listening, if you're a coach, you don't stick to the set rules. You, you have to – sometimes you have to go in and you just have to try shit and see if it works. I, yeah. dude, the Based first on time like I, what you understand of the body. And the more you understand the body, the better your, your outcomes are going to be. Right. And that's why we put this podcast out. Like we're trying to teach – and, guys, there's a new shit we're learning. I, like Jason just said, you, you, this was new for you, working with her on yes. CrossFit and stuff like that. Well, fuck, now, now you learn something and you have it in your toolbox in case you right. need it. I did too, you know, watching from the side, I'm like, fuck, okay, that makes sense. I just learned something. So it's it's just, that's kind of the message that we're trying to get out here with you guys. Do you have any final thoughts, man? Is there anything that we missed? I'm going through our notes here and I think we pretty much covered it. I think we hit it. I think my final parting thought would be, listen, if a client's calories are getting that low, they feel run into the ground, pulling more and pulling more is an amateur move you're of the professional you're taking money you've got to figure out how to get them rolling again without three hours of cardio and 45 minutes to hit and no carbs protein veggie days like that's amateur bullshit like you've got to figure out how to 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 learn the body processes work that and get them moving in a logical way that's not just running them further into the ground Dude, I love it. Amateur bullshit. I, I like. I love it because we're both so we fucking shoot straight. But when I hear you do it, it just cracks me up, man. You're like, that's amateur bullshit. That's rookie bullshit. I mean, if you're doing that, you shouldn't be taking money. You know what I mean? Right. That's not a professional move. That that's a. I just do prep out of the locker occasionally. You know what I mean? No, I get it, man. Like you said, there's there's levels to this shit. So, um, man, I don't have any final thoughts. I will say though, guys, we are up to like 230 reviews, and in two more episodes, we're gonna give away one year of free prep with me. Um, that's gonna come from the reviews. So, guys, if you would hit pause, hit those stars, leave us a short review. You can write one or two sentences if you want. We don't care. Um, and I'm gonna go through those in two weeks, and we're gonna pick the person. It's one year, whatever you need. If you want to get on stage, if you need off season, if you want to do 
well, fuck, I don't know if you do a CrossFit competition. I don't know if I want to have to fucking prep you now after talking about this. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, leave those review, guys. We really appreciate it. And Jason, one more thing. Soon we're going to announce our very first full weekend Elite Physique University seminar with you and I. That's going to be a blast. We just got the date locked down. We actually had one locked down, but with all this Corona shit hitting, Corona, we thought, yeah. you know what, man, we need to give people some time to save some money back up. Yep. Um, but it's going to be coming this summer and it's going to be awesome. So, oh, yeah. All right, dude. If you don't have anything else, man, nope. I know both of us need to get our asses back to work. So, from Jason and myself, we're out of here. Thanks, guys. Yeah.